Okay, Joe, you have your options of any animal you can transform into. I'm I'm a very knowledgeable scientist. I know the science. I've gone to science school, and I can transform you into any animal. What do you want to be? Giraffe. Too bad you're a pigeon, the best animal there is. Giraffes don't exist also. <laughs> yeah. Give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Joe, and me, Caleb, watch a movie inside if it is or is not hot trash. Caleb, what do we see this week? We saw Blue Sky Animation's Spies in Disguise. Caleb, Spies in Disguise. Spies in Disguise. Spies in Disguise. Because they're birds. Being a pigeon can make you an even better spy. Pigeons are everywhere and nobody notices them. In fact, pigeons can see in slow motion. That was tight. Did anyone else see a, um, a, a pigeon? Starring Will Smith as Will Smith. Will Smith. <laughs> and Tom Holland as... Tom Holland. I almost said Tom Hiddleston. I'm glad you said that because I was definitely going to say Hiddleston. Should we go down the list? Because every person who's Man. in this movie is playing themselves. Rashida Jones as... Rashida, Rashida Jones. Jones. And Reba as M. Well, yeah, Reba's <laughs> the one who's different, but solely because she doesn't have the red hair. Yeah. That's the only differentiating feature. But Joe, explain to me what the concept of this, the first movie we see in the 2020s. Describe to me uh, the brilliant plot of this movie. So, Spies in Disguise follows our main character, Will Smith. He's the best secret agent in the world. The most popular and famous secret agent. Kind of loses the point of being a secret agent because everybody knows him. But anyways. I mean, hello, Mr. Bond. He's really good at his job until he comes across Ben Middleston, robot hand. Oh, yeah. He's not playing himself. Or I don't really know what Ben Middleston is because. I said Middleston. <laughs> I don't know who Ben Middleston is because he only plays like CEOs and stuff. Yep, he's been playing villains the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, his CEOs are always villains. but <laughs> But he's something different in this. He's he's a uh, he's from Kyrgyzstan, which is in Central Asia, but he is Australian and yes. he is wearing blackface or, or a he is wearing the disguise of Will a black Smith. Man. Yeah, so there's a lot going this on. This is a here. cartoon, by the way. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should mention that. We don't need to cancel Mendo right now. And Will Smith's trying to stop Ben Mendelsohn with the help of tom holland the quirky scientist and uh hijinks ensue when will smith gets turned into a pigeon and is on the run because uh ben Mendelsohn is framing him because it's a spy movie yeah and all spy movies must have their agents go rogue yes of course it very much plays into the tropes of uh mission impossible movies of james bond movies of men in black interestingly enough i think we get some stuff they do the whole born identity jump thing he does it in pigeon form yeah that is true there's a lot of references a lot a of whole, homage there's a whole pretty good send-up of the opening credits of bond movies in this which are of course made ridiculous because mm -hmm. it's with a pigeon yes i think i kind of need to lay my cards on the table here and jump to our rating before we really? talk about it. Okay. Or at least jump to my general impressions 
because I was surprised with how good this movie was. Really? Yeah, like, I didn't necessarily enjoy it. Okay. It was kind of a slog to get through. However, I recognized that there is some skill and some talent on display. Some of the shots, like, of Venice and stuff are amazing. Anytime they're doing a city shot of nighttime when they can really work with the light, when he's driving his Audi through the city for the first time and all the reflections are passing across it, I'm like... That whole last, like, the island. Whoever did the backgrounds and stuff, man, they did a great job. Character models are a little, uh, but... Well, that's more of a design I feel like it is a design thing. I'm not so much, like, Will Smith's skinny long legs creep me out. I'm glad I didn't have to see them for a majority of the movie. But, like, also their faces are so angular yet so smooth at the same time. Do you think it's a thing where, like, the stylized character designs are conflicting with the backgrounds? No, I wouldn't say so because they don't really take me out of the experience where I'm like, oh, he does not look like he should be there. I just feel like they didn't get the same love and care that the backgrounds did. Yeah, and they're they're two different creative teams, I would yeah, assume. Uh, probably. So I bet there was just a lack of vision. Coherent vision. But even beyond that, like, there's a decent enough story here. There's character growth and stuff. It is pretty by the numbers but it works. Um, I think some of the humor is good, mainly the visual stuff. Physical, physical and visual. Yeah. Yeah. There's a part where they jellify this one guy. Oh, uh, the um, Japanese mob boss. Yeah. Uh, Japanese yeah. king, uh, kingpin. Yeah. And it's like, it's genuinely kind of funny. Not all of it. Like some of it is just kind of like juvenile humor, but just seeing like the face, like slowly lose form and then come back up. It's kind of entertaining. Where he just sinks into himself and reemerges from within his own body. Yeah. And I will say, the voice acting, while extremely distracting with every single person. Yeah, everybody like, is just themselves. Yeah, except for except for Ben Mendelsohn. Everyone is, they're modeled after they're each other. They're typecast, like, yeah, roles. Like, DJ Khaled looks like a stylized version of DJ Khaled. Will Smith is Will Smith with tiny legs. <laughs> um... Oh, the Karen tiny Gillen is just all leg. Yeah, but you know, but beyond that, it's not bad. I wouldn't say like, oh, you are doing a bad job. No, I think Will Smith is maybe working through some stuff in this movie. <laughs> He's like having to coach himself through like the last like ten years of his career right now. <laughs> we have the theater to ourselves again, which is always wonderful. a pleasure. But throughout it, so we were talking, and you were talking about how like this is a meta narrative about. Will Smith and his ego. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, the character, well, is it Lance Sterling? Is that the... It, the character I'm pretty sure is called Will Smith. <laughs> well, yeah, it's Secret like a- Sterling. La- Secret agent man Will Smith, even at the end, throughout the movie, just has this huge ego about himself. And everybody in the movie is kind of fawning over him. I feel like this is just, like, Will Smith, it's one of those things where he gets a lot of directors where he can kind of talk over them so he mm-hmm. can be himself. And I'm like... This is even more the case where he's like, I need an ego after all the things I've been through. But even beyond that, all of his characters are brimming with an extreme amount of self-confidence. Like you Mm -hmm. think of his character in like Independence Day or Men in Black. Black. But like in that stuff, it's kind of fun and charming here. Like it's an actual part of the movie where it's like, oh, he has to overcome this and he has to be friends with Tom Holland. Let's talk about Tom Holland. Hollywood's favorite little boy. I think we talked about this a little bit. In in, Current War. In Current War. I cannot take Tom Holland seriously. I have nothing against the kid. He's the most like passable actor 
in the world. Yeah, I would say he's good. Like he he maybe doesn't always get good stuff to do, but yeah. when he does, he is good. I just don't understand the push that Hollywood has for him. You know what's weird? It's he's like, playing up the little kid thing a little too much now that he's what twenty four or something. Well, sometimes they'll do this, right? Like Sam Worthington, or who's the guy who played Gambit in Origins? Oh, John uh, Carter. Uh, Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes Hollywood will like try to force these people because they fit into like a very archetypal role. But the difference is those people usually aren't successful. And this guy is Spider-Man. Yeah. So like it is. And it's it's weird. It would be like Chris Evans came on the scene. I mean, he had already been acting before mm-hmm. Captain America. But then like He's they just in kept, everything. Yeah, they kept shoving him and stuff. How many movies has Tom Holland been in this year? Four. Spider-Man in game. Uh Directors War. Current War. <laughs> I don't remember the name. And this now? Was there not anything else? I well, feel like Well, there's Onward coming out pretty yeah. soon. And so I think we got those mixed up because we were seeing trailers for these. At the same time. Thing. And then he's in Dr. Doolittle, which is coming up. Oh, yeah. And he's in that Uncharted movie that's never going to no, happen. Yeah. I have nothing against the kid, but I'm just annoyed every single time I see him in a role because I know exactly what I'm going to get. And I'm just going to be like mildly amused by it. I think I will be able to tolerate him in Onward because he is a blue elf looking <laughs> thing that doesn't look like Tom Holland. This, it's not a one to one thing. But it's generic enough that it's yeah. like you're sounding like Tom if Holland and you enough, look kind of. If I squint and look at a frame of this and a picture of Tom Holland, it, it'll look the same. Can we get a patch of this movie since that's what Hollywood is doing now? Can we get a patch of this movie where he has his uh, his director war sideburns? And the mustache at the end too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this was like the most inoffensive movie. That's a great, great like, way it to is, describe it's it. Not, it, I wouldn't even say forgettable, just the most passable middle of the road like take your kids for a easy two hours where you don't really have to watch them kind of thing i think there is enjoyment to be had out of this i think it's very much aimed at a five ten year old like demographic what do you think if anything could have made this movie like go to that next level i don't really know i wouldn't say i want to say it has like pacing issues but i think it was just kind of a slog because it's so by the numbers i don't really think there's much pacing that could be fixed Everybody being such a giant cartoon of themselves was kind of old after the first 10 minutes. Well, and it's very distracting. Yeah. I don't know what, like, can elevate it. They just have things happen, like the pigeon, the pigeoning, without much explanation behind it. Or, like, you know, his cop mom, who you see her and you're like, oh, she's going to die or something because she's, like, so supportive. They don't, and they don't reference it at all. Oh, I like that, though, because that's... That's like, okay, I don't need to see the cop dead. And I think I don't need that even, either. Even with, and this is, I would say, directed towards older kids with just some of the humor and stuff. There's a lot of stuff in here that I'm like, okay, they're going for like a more middle school aged. I think the, I think the kids will be smart enough if they don't figure it out in the scene with the mom that she's going to die, that she has just death written all over yeah. her. Yeah. That afterwards, when she, when he comes home, they're like, okay, she's dead. She probably died being a cop right yeah i just i don't see the need to even have her in the movie if she's not going to play like any role at all aside from her she gave she gave kid tom holland like a supportive hug it could be i don't think this is very explicit she is kind of the reason he is such a pacifist Mm -hmm. because there's a central thing in this movie where there is a theolog or not theological (laughs) (laughs) there's an ideological argument between lethal and non-lethal yeah means of like taking down criminals yeah 
uh, one that is weirdly relevant. Yeah, for how for events. how much this movie got delayed, I think this movie could have done two things. One of those is like explore the motivations more. I don't need explanations for why the characters feel this way. I just need to see more examples of that beyond the direct plot. I need to see examples of that in like, you know, their side interactions, their everyday life. And then I think this has a very weird relationship with violence. Even when Lance Sterling is going off and doing his usual like fighting things, he's not doing anything. Yeah, but then he's pushing for, I have to kill a lot of people, man. And so my thing is like, I understand you can only show so much with a kid's movie, but I'm thinking of like... They did a lot with the PG rating, actually. I think they could push it a little bit more. You can get away with a lot with leaving things vague. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of stuff like uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. There is... And obviously, that's also... They knew they would have an adult audience, but... They take violence very seriously in that movie without making it inappropriate. Gratuitous or anything. Yeah, I think if this movie had, maybe it could have landed that message a little bit more. Like, actually shown the stakes of violence. Yeah, if they'd used... Like, Ben Middleson's character's whole thing is he's going to use drones to attack the like spy headquarters in dc he i feel stole like stole the tony stark glasses <laughs> off of tom hall i mean dude the far from home plot and this are pretty like one for one like when you get down to very basic things venice ben mendelson yeah that's <laughs> posing central. as a black man <laughs> a black spy in fact You're not wrong <laughs> drones tom holland oh yes the key plot point tom holland <laughs> Yeah, his whole thing's with drones, but they never do anything too threatening. They do kill that one scientist, which I he think He kills is a good the scene. scientist, doesn't he? No, he just holds the, him out. With the drone. Oh, he no, does? Yeah, the drone's holding him. Okay. Um, he has such the weirdest motivation. I don't know if they were too vague. Remember Kyrgyzstan or whatever it was? You killed all my friends. Your friends were doing bad things. Well, now I'm going to kill your friends. It's like, wait, so was he a terrorist too? Yeah. Like there's an offhanded line about Kyrgyzstan at the beginning. But mm-hmm. that's yeah, the other- we don't want another Kyrgyzstan. That's what Reba says to him. That's the other thing about having a spy movie as your kid's movie. You can't get into like the geopolitics <laughs> of it. And, like I'm not saying most spy movies do that well. Because like everyone, once you try to relate it to the real world, falls apart in its own way. But especially with the kids movie, like you you have to get down to just it's bad and good. And it's like, well, what are the bad guys doing? <laughs> like they name drop the Yakuza and I'm like, okay. Well, what but the, the Yakuza, Yakuza are really goofy. Yeah. It's like, what do the Yakuza do in this universe? <laughs> I like the bird shenanigans. See, that's the weird thing about this, right? We have, how long have we been talking? 18 minutes. We have not really brought up the fact that he turns into a pigeon for the majority of this movie. The movie doesn't care about it. He just, it's, I thought it was going to be a whoops-a-daisy kind of thing. Is that kind of why it maybe works? I think he's a pigeon for the perfect amount of time. Yeah. He can't, he can't, like, he's maybe a pigeon for 40 minutes. That might be being generous. Well, I have a, I have a weird relationship with pigeons. Um... <laughs> Very violent. I'm not going to give me context, but uh, but I think it's handled pretty well. I think when the movie falls apart, it's when it's getting into like the pigeon humor. Not because it's offensive, just because it's like, I don't find this funny. Yeah. Like personal taste thing. I'm not a child, so I don't. When he's trying to be secret agent and like, you know, when he tried to knock out the dude, but he has feathers, <laughs> like he weighs what, a pound? Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. And oh. then the other, the, his like pigeon friend Jeff tries to do it later, and it's funny. 
also him where he's like, I can still do this. I'm a pigeon. That got old really fast. Really, well, really fast. And it made him seem like an idiot. Yeah. I like near the end, uh, Tom Holland is uh, falling from the sky and Will Smith as a pigeon with, Your all, math. with all the other pigeons. Uh, they, you know, they pick him up. Now we had to do some guesstimating here on exactly how, uh, how much Tom Holland's character would weigh. He's a tiny person and you're, you're, you're like one thirty, right? Yeah. I, I'd say he's there. scrawny enough to be around that. Yeah. So doing just a little bit of quick math, uh, they would need about 800 <laughs> pigeons to successfully carry him. <laughs> they have maybe like, they have a good amount that maybe have like a dozen. Yeah. <laughs> No, these pigeons also look like pigeons, which, no. which is fine, I guess. But they also look like so wildly different. From one another. Yeah. I will say the scene where he was turning into a pigeon, probably the best one in the movie. Oh, like I had a lot comedy of comedy yeah. <laughs> with his baby hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this. Well, he has freakishly large hands too. So it's even a we it's such a weird oh. Oh, should we talk th- about the fact that he is a uh he is a gender fluid pigeon in this. Yeah, he turned he turns into a girl pigeon, which is interesting because also there is a girl pigeon who is hitting on him, him like the entire time. I just think that's like I'm surprised Blue Sky let any of that pass. Blue Sky, Blue Sky. There's such a like hit or miss studio where it's like uh, everything they make is like super passable. What's a hit? from Blue Sky Animations. I mean the first Ice Age. First Ice Age is, does not hold up. Really? I don't think so. I don't think the second one does. Uh, the first and the second one were the ones I think before they just kind of hopped on the money train. Also, I just Robots. I like robots. That was DreamWorks, wasn't no, it? No, that's Blue Sky. Okay, I'm realizing, I do, besides the billion Ice Age movies out there, I'm not sure. They did the Peanuts movie, too. Okay, that was decent. Yeah. Didn't like the soundtrack. Should be jazz. I'm a purist in that regard. <laughs> Blue they, you Sky. don't. I think everybody gets them confused with Illumination works. Well, I have a very clear understanding because I have, because Illumination, I can remember them being like formed. Formed. Stuff. Despicable Me was like their first like big thing. Oh, they did. They Re- did Hop. They did Rio, which is oh, yeah. not great. No. Ferdinand, which I heard was okay. Horton Here's a Who, which I didn't see. Yeah. Oh, they did Epic, which is terrible. Yeah, I, I guess they I make just, the most like from just like bad to passable movies. Well, and I don't feel like they have a clear identity like DreamWorks or Disney do or Pixar or Illumination even. Yeah, Illumination. Illumination's interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about the next Illumination movie. Oh, yeah, I don't definitely. know. Definitely. I, I, I groan. It it's Mario. And I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. I don't want my childhood ruined. I think they're doing another Dr. Seuss one first. Yeah. I, so I've given away the way I see it. I think it's good. I think kids will enjoy it. I don't, I, I think people our age are kind of spoiled because we grew up with, you know, animated movies that hold up like with Pixar and stuff. Well, they try to do one of those things where it's like winks at adults, but it's purely in the most dumb ways. Like when Will Smith's transforming, he sees it gets a baby hand. Then he open he looks down his pants to see if he's still large down there, I guess, or if it exists even. Who is that for? Well, and I think that's one of the key things is like, that, that never works. No. Name, name, a, name one of the like animated classics from our childhood, which holds up that does that. Exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure there are moments in those movies that do, but those aren't the reasons why. Mm-hmm. But I think because we have those kind of classics that hold up, we are kind of spoiled in the sense that like, oh, every kid's movie we expect to like in a way. This is not that. It's fine for kids. 
I bet some kids will watch it and really like it and watch it over and over and over again, and that's fine. There are some adults I, I know fault, who like I this. I can't fault kids for liking this. This isn't something where I'm going to be like, where like if this got insanely popular, I'd be angry it did or something. Yeah. It's like, well, and oh I, well. And I can't fault adults for liking it. I think it's good. I just don't get into it. But what's your ranking? Uh, I think it's just like the most middle of the road passable movie. Inoffensive is like the perfect word for it. It's not bad. It's not extremely good in my eyes or anything. Middle of the road, you know. True. Put neutral. it on. Put it on Netflix. Put it on Disney Plus when it's on and keep your kids entertained. What a way to start the year with just no strong feelings at all. That's why. That's why <laughs> with we waited. We, apathy. we usually do these right after the right after we see it, so it's all fresh in our minds. But I just didn't have anything to say about this movie. I had no strong emotion towards it. However, I feel like we will have strong emotions towards our next. <laughs> yeah. Which, which will probably be underwater. I mean, you know, we never know. Uh, so like, subscribe. You can't do any of that with a podcast. Um, you can subscribe. On YouTube. Oh, yeah, we are on YouTube. Yeah. I should know. I upload this. <laughs>